Section 40 of The American Book of the Dog. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The American Book of the Dog, G. O. Shields, Editor. Section 40, The Bulldog, by John E. Thayer. There can be no doubt that the bulldog belongs to one of the oldest races of dogs. This breed is accurately described in Edmund de Langley's Master of Game under the name of Allant. This manuscript is now in the British Museum. To the bulldog, many of our most popular breeds owe some of their best qualities, such as courage and endurance, and nearly every species of the canine race has at one time or another been crossed with the bulldog in order to strengthen it in some way. The bulldog has always been highly prized by the English people on account of his great courage and endurance, and, indeed, he has become so identified with them as to be frequently used to typify their national character. In the reign of James I, bull-baiting was at its height. It was a favorite pastime for all classes of people, and it was this sport that first brought the bulldog into prominence. A dog that could bring a bull to the ground was in great demand, and nearly every butcher in the kingdom had one trained to this work. It was claimed that the meat of a bull that had been baited was much finer than that of those which had not been, and consequently few bulls were slaughtered that were not first subjected to this cruel ordeal. The bulldog took readily to bull-baiting, it being natural for him to run at the head of any animal he attacks, and, after pinning him, to remain there as if glued. So tightly does he hold that there have been instances known where the bull has torn the body of the dog from the head, and yet the head has clung to the bull. The dog would creep up to the bull, seize him by the nose, and stay there until he had pinned him. For a dog to have been expert in this so-called sport, he must have possessed certain essential points. He must have had a big head, which is an unvarying indication of courage. His nose must have been well turned back to enable him to breathe freely when fastened to the bull. He must have been low on his legs, as a long-legged dog would be in greater danger of being gored by the bull. Of course, this occupation required great courage, fortitude, and endurance but the bulldog has plenty of these. Bulldogs were therefore bred for these points and characteristics, and the type thus developed is the one that is considered standard today. In 1835, an act was passed by the English Parliament for the prevention of cruelty to animals, and this put a stop to all public exhibitions of bull-baiting, although it was kept up by minors and professional sports in out-of-the-way places for a good many years thereafter. Although it was a most cruel sport, and was justly prohibited, yet it was unfortunate that on that account this noble dog should have fallen into disrepute and neglect, as he did. As soon as public baiting was prohibited, the bulldog fell into the hands of the lowest and most disreputable class of sports and toughs, and deteriorated rapidly in form and general characteristics. The qualities for which the dog was formerly most valued, not having any further employment or opportunity to develop, soon began, under this loose breeding and handling, to disappear. Fine specimens became rare, and in time almost unknown. The bulldog is only used now, generally speaking, as a pet or a watchdog, and is carefully bred for points, in order that he may win prizes at bench shows. At one time there were so many different types of bulldogs, and so few good specimens and sizes, that a few prominent English breeders got together and formed the New Bulldog Club, which has since exerted a great influence in rescuing this breed from extinction. It is amazing that the bulldog is as affectionate as he is when we remember how the breed has been treated for generations past. 
bred solely with a view to developing their savagery, their viciousness, their bloodthirsty nature, confined, hampered, and in many instances tantalized purely for the purpose of cultivating their savage instincts, it would not have been strange had we seen them today utterly uncontrollable, instead of the gentle, affectionate, tractable creatures that they are. The bulldog of today is faithful, and if brought up properly, is affectionate. He is not remarkably intelligent, as his brain has never been developed. In his present uses and occupations, there is no occasion for mental qualities or instincts of a high order, and it is not likely, therefore, that these will ever be cultivated to any great extent. Nor can the present type, in my judgment, be much improved. His traits and characteristics can be greatly improved, however, by better treatment than that which is in many cases accorded him. Many farmers and others who keep bulldogs as sentinels and for handling stock keep them chained day and night. When a stranger enters the gate, the dog of course flies at him and is only prevented from tearing him up by the shortness and strength of his chain. Such treatment always spoils a dog of any breed. If allowed his freedom and treated with due kindness, this same bulldog could readily be trained not to molest visitors other than thieves, tramps, and peddlers whom he would readily recognize as his legitimate prey. The savage appearance of the bulldog causes many people who do not know his real nature to fear him, and only when they see him securely anchored with a chain big enough to hold a ship can they be induced to go into the same field with him. This prejudice is readily removed when these people learn to know the breed. Another reason why this breed is unpopular is that every mongrel cur that has a short, thick nose and an ugly face is popularly dubbed a bulldog, while in many cases there is not a drop of bulldog blood in him. Many people who are prejudiced against bulldogs have never seen a pure one in their lives. I have owned over 40 bulldogs, yet I never owned but one that was cross, and that any respectable person could not safely approach and handle. This one had been spoiled by being chained before I got him. He would not allow me to touch him, and once attacked his keeper savagely while grooming him. Yet the keeper's child, five years old, would go into this dog's kennel and play with him by the hour. This illustrates a strong trait in the character of the bulldog, his affection for children. This trait is constant. The bulldog, like all other noble animals, is fond of children. In fact, I can safely say that no more affectionate dog lives than the one under discussion, provided his early training is kindly and judicious. Bulldogs are difficult to breed and demand the greatest care and attention. They are extremely poor mothers and often eat their own puppies. I raised but ten puppies from twelve bitches one year, and for a good many years never did as well. While in England I took special pains to learn from other breeders what success they had met with, and found it was not much better than my own. No breed is more liable to deterioration. In a litter you seldom get more than one puppy that is up to standard. In fact, I never raised but one first-class bulldog in all my experience, and I think that there have only been two or possibly three ever raised in America that were first-class in every particular, although we have had the very best of material to work with. There were so few good dogs bred that a few fakers undertook to aid nature. In order to shorten the upper jaw and turn the nose well up, the operators first severed the middle and two side lip strings which connect the upper lip of the dog with the gum. When this was done, a small wooden block, hollowed so as to fit the bridge of the nose, was applied to it, just in front of the eyes, and was struck a heavy blow with a mallet. This had the effect of compressing the bone and cartilage, and of turning the nose up as desired. This cruel and inhuman operation was performed when the puppies were but a few weeks old. It was practiced only in private, and whenever the perpetrators were detected in the act, they were severely and justly punished. The following may be mentioned among the many American breeders or owners of good bulldogs. 
Hillside Kennels, Lancaster, Massachusetts. E.S. Porter, New Haven, Connecticut. R.B. Sawyer, Birmingham, Connecticut. Retner Kennels, 4 West 66th Street, New York City. J. Lee Taylor, 12 East 10th Street, New York City. John H. Matthews, 333 East 26th Street, New York City. W.J. Comstock, 220 Canal Street, Providence, Rhode Island. H.D. Kendall, Lowell, Massachusetts. William J. Lecky, Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts. F.R. Varick, Manchester, New Hampshire. J.P. Bernard, North Weymouth, Massachusetts. J.W. Heights, Burlington, Iowa. H.P. McKean, Jr., Pulaski Avenue, Germantown, Pennsylvania. R.W. Livingston, New York City. The following is the scale of points as adopted by the new Bulldog Club in 1875. General appearance. Symmetrical formation. Shape, make, style, and fineness. Points, 10. Skull. Size, height, breadth, and squareness of skull. Shape, flatness, and wrinkles of forehead. Points, 15. Stop. Depth, breadth, and extent. Points, 5. Eyes. Position, size, shape, and color. Points, 5. Ears. Position, size, shape, carriage, and thinness. Points, 5. Face. Shortness, breadth, and wrinkle of face. Breadth, bluntness, squareness, and upward turn of muzzle. Position, breadth, size, and backward indication of tip of nose. Size, width, blackness of, and depth between nostrils. Points, 5. Chop. Size and complete covering of front teeth. Points, 5. Mouth. Width, squareness of jaws, projection and upward turn of lower jaw, size and condition of teeth, and if the six lower front teeth are in an even row. Points, 5. Chest and neck. Length, thickness, arching, and dewlap of neck. Width, depth, and roundness of chest. Points, 5. Shoulders. Size, breadth, and muscle. Points, 5. Body. Capacity, depth, and thickness of brisket. Roundness of ribs. Points, 5. Back roach. Shortness, width at shoulders and height, strength and at the loins. Points, 5. Tail. Fineness, shortness, shape, position, and carriage. Points, 5. Forelegs and feet. Stoutness, shortness, and straightness of legs. Development of calves and outward turn of elbows. Straightness and strength of ankle, roundness, size, and position of feet, compactness of toes, height and prominence of knuckles. Points, 5. Hind legs and feet. Stoutness, length, and size of legs, development of muscles, strength, shape, and position of hocks and stifles, formation of feet as, and toes as in forelegs and feet. Points, 5. Size, approach 50 pounds. Points, 5. Coat. Fineness, shortness, evenness, and closeness of coat. Uniformity, points, and brilliancy of color. Points, 5. Total points, 100. End of section 40.